Cozier and Kat. In this episode, we discuss how division shapes our mental perception of our country, especially during the lockdown, how the Turkish Cypriot economy is affected with the recent devaluation of Turkish lira, and the latest developments regarding the exploration of natural resources around Cyprus. Welcome to Nicosia Ankat. This is Kemal. And this is Andromachi. We are going through very interesting times. The world is really experiencing something that has never experienced in the recent modern times. Uh, things that we consider that would never happen are happening. Borders are emerging within EU because of the COVID virus. Uh, interesting times also going taking place in, um, in Cyprus. Andromachi, what do you think? I think it's time for a major sort of rethink of everything we took as granted both uh, locally but also in the international sphere and I believe that this period should be taken as um, as an opportunity to really ponder upon um, everything basically our choices our habits our uh, our way of being and I believe that it it should be used as a as a time for us to rethink um, rethink the society we have created basically and what our priorities should be The interesting thing that I see is that there are some global trends that are reflected on us here in Cyprus, but there are also some peculiar issues that is very peculiar to Cyprus. Um, our division, for example, it's after 2003, it took us years to be able to come to a point that we can finally spend more time uh, together and then try to eliminate the division as much as possible. But this virus put us into a very difficult situation as well. And not only, when we re- when we were reporting about the virus, there was this understanding as if there were two separate Cypruses, which is really, maybe in reality, I understand where it comes from, but it doesn't fit with my thinking. Well, it's, it's, it's the same for me, actually. The one, when it comes to Cyprus, one of the most sort of problematic aspects of the way that we, we are witnessing this whole thing is, this, is the fact that this understanding of sort of partition and of two different entities in the country is kind of becoming perpetuated rather than sort of managing to basically tackle it. And there is nothing worse than this approach that basically Cyprus is divided into two and that and, and that there are two different entities in the country. You know, for people who believe in a single united Cyprus, this period has been very difficult to face. And many times uh, amongst Greek Cypriots, I was personally getting the, the impression that that we were kind of behaving as though the, the northern part of our country is like a black hole in which nothing takes place. And, and there is nothing more difficult than this when, when you live on a divided island and when you understand the implications of this, of the enhancement of this perception. There is a sense of, I have felt it like when dealing with the north, Um, especially among the Greek Cypriot community, there is a sense of taboo mixed with are we going to create a situation where it looks like as if we are recognizing something illegal, something that's not touchable, something that needs to be avoided, which I understand where it comes from um, partially. But, you know, we are living in, in, in 2020 and then we are experiencing a global uh, communication transformation. We are, we are all over the world nowadays and then just we cannot be on the other side of, of the island. I find it 
difficult to grasp. I, I personally believe that in general, and this is a global issue, but it kind of, it is kind of exacerbated in, in Cyprus, but this is a global issue that is emerging, is this, is how we basically respond to, to times of crisis and whether at times of crisis we choose to come together in solidarity or if we choose to basically retreat to what we know and retreat to what makes us feel comfortable. It is very difficult to engage with the other at times of of crisis. However, it is now more than ever that this sort of logic and a more logical understanding is needed when tackling uh, these situations. Otherwise, anything that we do and the, and the way we behave in, in such times of crisis, we will be forced to face it when the crisis is over. And this is something that we should, in a sense, have in mind uh, when going through this crisis. Don't want to take this discussion too long, but for me, the most important thing is this. The age of states and governments becoming more important than citizens, the people, that period for me is over. For me, now it is more important to think about the nature, the sustainability, the environment, the people, the lives, the families, the identities. You just cannot justify something at the expense of people. The latest development, what happened with the virus, has proven us that things have been done at the expense of people, meaning there are uh, mixed marriages, there are couples, there are people working on both parts of the island, there are people who socialize, and also we also needed to cooperate in the sense that the virus does not recognize any borders. And of course, then, for example, the latest development, we have people in Pilaf, in the gray area, I, I would call them. Nobody really knows where exactly they, they lay. And um, at the expense of them, the governments have taken, or administrations, whatever you call them, taken decisions. And then it does not fit the reality on the ground. Yes, and uh, on this, I would say that, uh, you know, I mean, decisions are taken on, on, on health considerations, and that is perfectly reasonable, and that is perfectly understood. The real issue, though, is that when these decisions do not seem to take into consideration the other, I mean, on the island, and I'm speaking on a local basis now, this situation creates uncertainty in the minds of all these people that you just mentioned, in the minds of all these people that understand their lives as extending in the whole of the island. And this is basically the issue because there are people who do not see restrictions in their movement on the island and who, uh, who basically understand the island as a whole. And when decisions are taken that influence this understanding, which to some extent they might be understandable for health considerations and, and they could be well accepted if they were grounded, if they were explained to people, if they were rationalized and if they, and if they were made in a transparent way that with a view to solidarity and with a view to cooperation as well, that would allow these people that you have mentioned to feel like they are indeed uh, included in this picture of, uh, of policymaking at times of crisis. I totally agree with you in the sense that if people understand that their considerations are, are listened, if they feel that the people taking decisions will care about those people's fears and concerns, I think people will be prepared to take even more uh, difficult and, and uh, heavy decisions. The problem is how 
the decision makers are justified in the eyes or not justified in the eyes of the people. And this, I think, is, is a major problem. Had the Turkish Cypriots and Greek Cypriots been cooperating on these things, I think we, we would probably be in a better place in the sense that, yes, nowadays it seems that uh, on both sides of the divide, the numbers are decreasing, but still there are fears. There are fears that people do not trust what the other side or even their own administration will be doing. Exactly. I, I agree on this. And had there been more of a willingness to cooperate on the issue and to and to basically share the information on what is going on and to be to be influencing the decisions on both sides, this would have allowed the people to feel at ease with the decisions that are taken and to be much more at ease with the future as well, because obviously health considerations are there and nobody would want to risk public health when it comes to the whole of the island. Yeah, but, uh, and, and even now when we are discussing, you know, the easing of measures and everything, and people need to see that the their ability to contact and their ability to understand the island as a whole needs to be taken into consideration. The first trilingual podcast station of Cyprus. Island Talks. Open. Diverse. Free. There have been numerous reports and studies about the economic benefits of a solution. But nowadays, things are not well, especially among the Turkish Cypriots, especially in the Turkish Cypriot economy, because we are, one, using Turkish lira. Two, we are very much depending on our relations, economic relations as well, with Turkey. And also, now that the main sectors have been basically not operate in the Turkish Cypriot economy, uh, we are even more vulnerable. And the recent downfall of Lira is, of course, uh, making things even uh, more difficult uh, for us. I just want to mention a little bit about this in the sense that, yes, we are really going through through difficult times. And I think we'll be finding ourselves in even more difficult um, situation if things go like this in the coming months. I believe that a solution would be or at least some kind of an opening or some kind of confidence building or, or even increased cooperation on the island would be beneficial uh, for the Turkish Cypriots, but also for the Greek Cypriots, in the sense that now that not many tourists will not be coming to Cyprus, to the Greek Cypriot community, I think it would be a good idea to try to attract Turkish Cypriot tourists to the, uh, because they are not Uh, because there are many Turkish Cypriots who are actually flying outside Cyprus for their holidays. And I think that would be a good opportunity to uh, really, because of the, the limit, limits of the travel and, and, and the budgets, to do this travel to this trip holiday in their own country, maybe on different uh, part, which I really don't like to say this all the time, but unfortunately our country is divided. Sorry, you just mentioned the issue of the economic situation in Turkey. And I was wondering how, I mean, how is the Turkish Cypriot community sort of uh, experiencing the what you mentioned, the downfall in Lira and the economic um, situation in Turkey? And how is this impacting the community? Andromahi, traditionally, almost 80, 80% of our budget 
goes to the salaries and the transfers, which means that we are very much depending on the money given to the people working in the public sector and those people spending their money in the private sector. And this is how the will turns, if you like. Now that um, the relations between Turkey and North Cyprus are really bad, for different reasons. One, because they don't like Akinci. That's definitely the case. Two, uh, because, let's be honest, Turkish Cypriots have not been uh, carrying out their own reforms because Turkey was like an IMF to us. And uh, we have not we have been given promises but not carrying out those re- reforms. But to open a bracket, those reforms are also being questioned. They're neoliberal politics, some of them are, are being questioned in the sense that those policies are pushed by Turkey. Some of them are necessary, necessary like you want to reform certain sectors and areas. So again, um, when there is no agreement and when you are not carrying out those reforms, the money is not coming. At the end of the day, and our private sector, income generator sector, generating sectors are not helping. So you can imagine that we are now tr- finding ourselves in, in, in a difficult situation. Of course, the Turkish Cypriots have this tendency to have uh, their monies in the banks for, rather than using them for investments. But our banks are actually doing quite well. But how long will this continue? It's it's something that we don't know. Uh, well, that that is definitely going to be interesting to see because, you know, I mean, there are a lot of different perceptions in the Greek Cypriot community that are created about the financial state of the Turkish Cypriots. And it is interesting to see how, um, whether any sort of empathetic approach uh, is is created or if the contrary actually is happening, you know, if, if a more revengeful sort of approach is, is being Um, basically embraced by the Greek Cypriot society. So it will be interesting to see how this unfolds. The expectation that Turkish economy will collapse and Turkey will pull its presence from Cyprus and the occupation will end. So let's hope that this will happen and then we'll be happy and all that. It is actually a, a very false expectation because history has proven us in terms of in in the times of instability it is the small communities that hurt the most so we really do not want to see a very unstable situation especially when turkey continues to have its own army on this island because in in, in such crises especially if you do not have a very democratic government then populist governments tend to go for adventures and and, and the price is being paid by everybody and especially in this case, Cypriots on both parts of the island. And I think that you just sort of summarized the problem for Cyprus. I mean, when you live in a in a divided island, in a country under occupation with foreign armies on the country, on the island, and any sort of tension and any crisis, it, it should be a reminder that whilst as long as we live in sort of an, an unstable situation and in a situation in which we do not have control of our own island, we will be liable to this sort of either tensions Uh, that take place in the waters around the country or uh, sort of international crisis, and we will be more vulnerable to them. I think this is a very good opportunity for the communities to show each other solidarity. You know, as, as a Greek Cypriot, you might think that, well, you've been acting together with your mother Turkey, so serves you right, and then you pay the price, don't cry. This is one approach. Or the other approach would be, look, we've been through difficult times, 
I've been through difficult times, you've been through difficult times. Let's work together and then pass these difficult times together. Now, this is the right approach in the sense that it has something to offer for the future, for the future generations. It is also a very good message for the Turkish Cypriots, especially now that they are not necessarily having good relations with Erdogan government. And um, Akinci continues to have support um, among uh, many uh, circles uh, in, in the Turkish Cypriot community. So this is a sign, this is a good opportunity for the Greek Cypriots to show solidarity. And this is exactly the issue. I mean, for, for the Greek Cypriots to extend their arm of support to the Turkish Cypriots and to pass the message that we can go through this together as Cypriots, uh, having in mind, you know, our different sort of communal identities, but this is our country. And at the end of the day, it is up to Cypriots to basically face uh, all the challenges in the island. And uh, if if the situation with Turkey and the way Turkey has responded to this crisis uh, has something to show us is that it is really up to us to take hold of, of the country and our future because no foreign power will basically help us. First trilingual podcast station of Cyprus, Island Talks, open, diverse, free. Before we uh, maybe finalize this week's episode, would you like to talk a bit about what's going on in the waters around Cyprus? Interesting question, because that's, you know, an area where clearly shows how vulnerable we are to, you know, regional tensions, uh, where basically there is a de facto moratorium on the Cyprus energy drilling program. There was a very ambitious energy drilling program on behalf of the Republic of Cyprus uh, for 2020. This is not uh, the case anymore because the whole oil and gas industry has been heavily impacted by the COVID-19 crisis. Oil and gas prices have been plummeting and therefore companies have been forced to reconsider their capital expenditure. They have been forced to reconsider their projects. And therefore, both the ExxonMobil Qatar Petroleum Consortium, as well as the Totaleni Consortium, that were supposed to um, conduct drillings in the Republic of Cyprus exclusive economic zone, they have informed the government that they will postpone them till at least uh, next year. This is not the case for Turkey, however, which clearly for more political than financial reasons. Uh, it has decided to move its drill ship Yavuz in, in an area that overlaps Block 6 and Block 7 in the Republic of Cyprus ex- internationally recognized exclusive economic zone. It is a bizarre um, um, decision when it, from a financial perspective because oil and gas prices are plummeting, but it makes sense if one considers the fact that state-owned companies like the TPAO, they have a, a, a greater room for maneuver in, in such instances of great crisis because they, can, they do not make their decisions so, solely on shareholders' considerations, but they can make their decisions on political considerations as well. I believe that the, the, there are huge question marks hanging over the whole oil and gas industry today. And I believe that uh, maybe this, this sort of crisis is, is giving the country and, and, and all the agents involved, it should basically give us a, a time of perspective to put things into perspective and to really see 
uh, what the future will hold and think about it. Nobody knows what will happen next year. The drilling program of the Republic of Cyprus is supposed to commence in 2021, but nobody knows what the situation will be next year. Nobody knows how the companies will be in terms of uh, their financial state. Nobody knows what the... It is clear that it, it would be naive to think that we will just return back to our old habits, our old choices. Things will change. It is a major time for rethink, for a rethink. And the projects by companies, the policies by states, everything will, the, the priorities will change. Maybe it is also time for Cyprus and the agents around in the region to consider what is best for the region and for peace and stability in the region, because oil and gas has been a, a source of tension. And we are now in a state in which it is unlikely that oil companies will be prioritizing uh, costly investments in deep water uh, drillings, uh, like the ones that uh, take place in the Eastern Mediterranean. And uh, at a time in which, you know, I mean, renewable uh, energy uh, sources are becoming much more cost effective and, you know, things are changing and maybe it could be an opportunity for us to wonder whether we should change course when it comes to what our energy priorities are. And uh... We've discussed this before. Um, for me, the ideal, ideal, the best solution is that nobody drills waters around Cyprus. And instead, we invest in re renewables, which are actually really um, becoming more economically viable and sustainable, environmentally sustainable. And um, unfortunately, we were thinking basically that this was going to be a good chance, an opportunity for Cypriots to agree for a solution. Instead, we being Cypriots, we turned it into an area of conflict again. So I now hope that the prices go down so much so that we don't actually need to drill it and then we take it out of our path and then sit down and agree to establish a, a living solution good for us and good for our own future generations. Well, I believe that the reality is kind of, I mean, your hope is kind of being proven in a sense because these grand prospects created around hydrocarbons and the long pipelines are clearly dashed by reality. The investments in the energy sector will need from now on, uh, will have to be made with a view to the future, with a view to sustainability. I believe that it is the, the smarter agents that will be able to survive. It's, it's going to be those agents that are able to adapt and uh, uh, having the capacity to adapt, having the capacity to understand that times are changing uh, is a major asset in geopolitical uh, strategies. And I, I really hope that um, this uh, pandemic allows us to rethink everything. And I do not believe anybody, any country or any sector will return back to what one calls normal. I believe everything will be changed. And it depends on how, how capable agents are to adapt in, in such situations and how flexible they will be. We have so much sun in the country and you have, uh, you know, I mean, that, that's the thing that keeps bothering that there are energy renewable sources that uh, Cyprus could be investing in and we just uh, never seem to prioritize it. And yeah. You have listened cold, hard truth from the divided capital Nicosia of Cyprus. At this time, 
of the recording, our country is still divided, and unfortunately, we cannot cross to the other side. But in the upcoming episodes, we are hoping to be in a better position. Yeah, the always hopeful Kemal. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much for being Thank with us. Thank you very much.